Welcome, heathens and witches, to the Horn and Cauldron Podcast. Podcast. Yeah, we're back at it again. Uh, I'm John Norgrove. This is Julie Norgrove, and this is our once weekly witchy podcast, except for this is a full length episode. So uh, we're getting into the longer form stuff, and it's not just off the top of my head. Uh, <laughs> so be prepared for those. Uh, but yeah, we're just going <laughs> to jump right into this. Our theme for the week, our topic for the week whatever, yeah. is kitchen witchery. Uh, but this is our 103 edition, so yeah. planning a magical meal. Yeah, so we started off the kitchen witchery series with kitchen witchery 101, that's episode 19. Uh, and in that, we talked about how food is an integral part of magical practices that go back way further than we really have like recorded history. Based on archaeological evidence, we sort of see that this that food is always the centerpiece. Uh, also, every festival, witchy or not, has foods that you eat in celebration. Some of them are special and specific to the cele- to the to the festival itself, and some of them are just like you always eat. Yeah. Well, yeah, you do always need to eat. Yeah. Yeah. We also talked about hearth deities, talked about methods that you can use for kitchen witchery, as well as common witchy ingredients. Yeah. Some common witchy ingredients. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in episode 38, which is Kitchen Witchery 102, we specified and talked about potions. Yeah. So potions in general are liquids that, when drunk, have magical powers. Potions have been used to cure illness. If they're useless, though. (laughs) um potions have been used to cure illness and disease gain immortality cause someone to love you as well as other a variety of effects uh some potions are medicinal like cough syrup some help your mental state like coffee uh and some aid your physical state like underberg a bitters that settles your stomach yeah uh and some are poisonous like most old recipes for poisons, especially any of them that are called the elixir of life. Yeah. All of those lot of real, lot gonna of real, kill you. A lot of real poisonous stuff in an old timey book, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you look back at somebody's old timey cough syrups, you're like, that's that's like 75% drugs, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Don't so, do that. Um, potions are really common in folklore or urban legends and literature. And in this episode, in that episode, we talk a lot about a variety of different types of potions and how you can also make your own potions. But today we're talking about planning a magical meal. So with Samhain, especially if you're listening to this as it first comes out, with Samhain around the corner and the holiday season coming up, dinner parties and family meals, and of course, uh, Thanksgiving, especially if you're American, will be on people's minds. And maybe you want to plan your own Friendsgiving or help plan one. Uh, Regardless of the time of year or the thing that's happening, we've got you. So we'll start with the foundations of planning a feast, uh, roughly in order. Uh, so first of all, we're planning like a mundane. Yeah, feast. like planning a mundane feast. any feast, witchy or non-witchy. So like whatever you want to do. Yeah. So first, you want to decide your theme. The theme helps make the rest of the meal planning come together easier, and it helps gives guests an idea of what they'll be eating. Yeah. Um, we and like general dress code and yeah. things like that, right? As like the seasons come round, you're going to kind of have like uh, f- winter and fall feasts and yeah. parties are a little bit more costumed. 
right? But, like, even in the summertime, like, if you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to be doing, like, we're having a barbecue and a pool party. Like, if you don't say pool party, ain't nobody bringing trunks yeah. to your house for a barbecue so yeah. they don't know, you know, that swimming is an option. Yeah. So it's it's that sort of energy, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if you want to try to have people dress up specifically, this can help with that. So you can be like, this is a fancy dinner party, so dress in your fanciest. Or we're doing a medieval feast. Um, or you don't necessarily have to even have people dress in costume associated with your theme. You can just decide, well, it's my birthday and I love tacos, so we're doing tacos. Yeah. Uh, which is a thing that I often do. <laughs> yeah. 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 So decide your theme. Um, next, you want to create a guest list and you also want to get your guests dietary restrictions. A lot of people have allergies or intolerances to things. So it's a good idea to understand what certain people can and cannot be eating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, this is, this is where like a social media group chat a, we're definitely not associated with and they're evil Facebook um, <laughs> event. So that way you could or be like, like a WhatsApp channel. Yeah, you could be you like, who can't eat what? Yeah. So, you know, like this person can't eat uh, dairy or whatever. And this person can't eat some sort of oil or whatever. And this person can't eat some sort of meat or whatever, you know, <clears throat> or is allergic to a common vegetable and stuff, you know? Yeah. If you're allergic to tomatoes, guess Guess a spaghetti guess feed. Guess maybe who's not, not doing the best fucking option. pizza party up in here? Yeah, you know, unless it's pesto pizza yeah. or some such. Now, so you can't. You know, it's really hard to try and please everyone, and also to stick inside of everybody's dietary requirements, especially the larger of a group you get. So try to. So don't try to make every food option fit all of the dietary restrictions. Oh yeah. Well, uh, again, so tomatoes is such a such a perfect example of this. If you're allergic to tomatoes. And we're having a spaghetti feed. I don't pre-mix your your noodles and your red sauce, yeah. right? And 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 or keep some noodles to the side or whatever that um you know and make like a pesto, yeah, right. If somebody can't eat like uh, gluten's, if they can't do the glutes, then like you know have your regular pasta all cooked up. Uh, al dente and whatnot, but then also get some like some of that bean pasta. That's absolutely fire, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like get some of that like sweet, no glutes bean pasta or whatever. Yeah. So there are so many ways to cover dietary restrictions without actually having to change what your like root plan for an event is or with or around like a group of friends. Because mm -hmm. basically what you can do is like... Um, you can always just have like add-ons or subtracts or simply keep two things separate and then just like cert like when it's serve time, serve them together, except for this person has like a bonus feature. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. I always try to you make know? sure there's an option that at least that that each dietary restriction can Like they at eat. least got like one thing. Yeah. So like in our regular friend group, we have people who can't have dairy, we have people who can't have gluten, mm -hmm. we have people who can't have tomatoes. Mm -hmm. And I I'm allergic to soy. So as someone with a dietary restriction, um, it's really nice to go to a place and 
to like a dinner party or a friend's house where they're having a party and there's food and you know that there's going to be food that you can eat. Because you know what I don't want to do is eat a handful of peanuts from my purse in the car on the way over. That's and nuts. if you are a person that has had, that has a dietary restriction, you definitely have been faced with at least some point in time, what gas station food can I eat on the way just, or on the way back, just in case I cannot eat any food at this thing. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Listen, I've definitely had post-party food. Right. The party was good and it had food, but uh, now you have to have post-party food. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that on more than one occasion. Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. But the best way is to try and make it so that there is at least something that any dietary restriction person can eat. Yeah. And the uh, sort of like the better you can break that down, the better. And um, I highly recommend. Don't, don't be afraid to get them involved in the decision making around. That. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if your friend's like, oh, I can't eat. You know, I can't do the glutens. You're like, all right, well, this is what we're thinking about doing for food or whatever. Uh, does this option work for you or whatever? Because yeah. they might be like, oh, like, I'm going to come and hang out. But like, I'm definitely not staying for food because in general, I don't like pasta. And you're like, yeah. oh, uh, OK, well, then like, that's fine. We'll have like chips and salsa and shit like that that you can. Yeah, eat, but like, exactly. You know, exactly. Um, so you've got a lot of different ways that you can kind of do that. And a good way to do it is also to like break things down to like a serve your own. So like if you're doing a taco bar, for instance, you can very easily hit all of your dietary restrictions by like having two types of tortillas available and having different types of meat and yeah. cooking them in different things and having different toppings. So there's a lot of different ways that you can do that, especially if you're doing like a make your own kind of bar thing. But um, there's definitely ways to do it. Even if you're doing a plated dinner, I also recommend that if you have people that you regularly invite over um, rather than trying to memorize everything that they are allergic to, write it down. Oh my God. Yeah. You can just keep a list of your friend's allergies. Uh, actually oh Put it in your, everybody's got a smartphone, so put it in your phone underneath their contact information yeah. so that you easily have it. Because I, my stepdad has several allergies and I am always forgetting one of the allergies. Uh, so it's, so I'm just like, you know what? I have to ask before I bring food of any type, because there's always, I'm like, oh, I can always remember like a couple of them. And then there's always one that I'm just like, oh, I totally forgot about this. Oops. Uh, so... <laughs> Write it down. Yeah, totally, totally. The thing we're always saying. All right, next. Um, now that you've sort of decided your theme, you've got a guest list, you've got your dietary restrictions, figure out what is in season. Um, and this is preferably before you even have really decided what it is that you're going to make. And that's because if you try to plan your meal around seasonally available foods, it'll be more cost effective and also... Um, eat like less expensive and it will usually taste better. Like tomatoes, tomatoes grown off the vine in uh, somebody's backyard or like a local farm are definitely going to taste better than ones that sat on a truck that, that were picked unripe, sat on a truck to get onto another truck to then get put into the grocery store yeah. and then be purchased. Totally. <laughs> so, um, and that is even amplified even more when you get to out of season things. That doesn't mean- well, And not only is seasonal food taste better, but it's almost always cheaper. Mm -hmm. And you have more options available. So think about it this way, right? If you're in America and you want to do something with like, stuffing 
right? I mean, I understand that like stuffing is generally associated only with Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. but that's also because you can buy Stouffer's stovetop stuffing or whatever the heck that stuff's called in the red box. You can buy that all year round, my dude, right? But like they've got 5 million flavors available during Thanksgiving season. And it's you know cheaper and easier to find. Too. Yeah. If so, you want to have a mango party at Christmas time, it's you're going to have some fucking difficulties. My yeah. guy, you can do it if money isn't an option or or a, a situation or whatever. Yeah. But like, yeah, so it not only is it cheaper and easier if you're doing food in season, like it tastes better and you're going to have more like options and availability. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so like totally. seasonality isn't just like, like, like it's not even just like farm fresh seasonality. Although like try and always eat like good vegetables, obviously, like not hothouse, like a regular strawberry, a garden strawberry v a hothouse grocery store strawberry, very different strawberries. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, But also think about like what's going to be available in the store that you want to do and what's going to be like, you know, during barbecue season, it's easier to get like steaks and shit. Yeah. You know, than in like the dead of winter or whatever, because yeah. they're cheaper and they're on sale and there's a bunch of different cut options and like all that stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Totally. And like... You know, um, if you can't if you can't do that, if you can't do the the local farm or any of that stuff, just do what you can. If uh, you know, if you don't have, if you can't make your own, store bought is fine. Yeah. That thing, yeah. Um, so definitely that. But well, also, you can do a nacho bar for Christmas, dog. Like it does. Like do your own thing if that's a thing that you want to do. Right, because like, like functionally, the all the fixins for tacos are available all year round, everywhere, all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think the only thing you'd have difficulty well, with in is, California, they is, are. Well, that's fair. Uh, I think the only thing you'd have difficulty with is avocados, but you could break down and commit the sin of buying pre-made guacamole because uh, that's <laughs> gross to me. But, but uh, you know, so like whatever, like do do what you want, like what you want first. What's seasonally available and reasonable second? What can you afford? Maybe third. (laughs) Because when we plan food for a party, we're like, we're going to do this thing. Slam cut to three days of cooking later. And we're like, all right, well, we did like 14 bonus things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and another piece of like choosing the seasonally available foods ties into our previous deep dive episode, which was episode 62, Mabon 103, which is living in harmony with the seasons. So if you're trying to like get closer to the earth, as it were, and live in harmony with the season, this is another piece of that. So check out that episode if you want to learn more about that. Heightens the sweet magic. It definitely, I I think it definitely does. Yeah, Yeah, totally. So next up, we're going to figure out how many people are you serving? So finding a guest list and finding out how many people you're serving are two totally different things. Um, And if you are planning on serving a large group or are unsure exactly how many people are going to be there, you might want to choose something that's more cost effective or easier to prepare. Yeah. Um, As and my personal take on party planning for food is you're going to invite 100% of this guest list, right? And about 
20% of them will RSVP yes or no. And all of your regulars that always show up to everything are going to be there. And then you'll get one or two wild cards yeah, bonus. That, that you don't generally see, but happened to make it out. So yeah. um, that's usually the way that I plan that is about 20 to 30% of the people will show up yeah. that I've actually invited. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but be prepared. If it starts feeling hundo, maybe maybe make sure your car's parked on the road so you can run to the grocery store for bonus food if yeah, need be. Yeah. Like, always prepare for a larger crew than you think is going to show up because you don't know. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Which leads us in perfectly to figuring out what your um, serving style is going to be. So you can choose... Uh, a buffet where everything's like all out on a counter or a table. That's easier if people will be eating um, and eating or arriving at like different times. You know, if you have like a party that's going to be several hours long, not everybody's going to be there at the same time. Yeah. Uh, oh, or, God, it would be so weird. Yeah. I'm and just also, in my mind, it's like a phalanx of like 20 people all stepping <laughs> forward towards your house at once and in unison, unison saying, we're here for the party. Then you just lock your door and you just go right back to bed. Was yeah, there a pot on the like, stove? Never mind. Not my problem. It's Not nap anymore. time, dog. What's that this is, 30 that pounds is... of spaghetti all for me? Yeah, right? Not dealing with that. Not today. Uh, yeah. But no, yeah. Like, obviously, people aren't going to show up all at the exact same time, right? Uh, and like, there well, are some exceptions. For most if you're doing of the parties like, that we have, if you're are doing that way. like a dinner, like a sit down dinner party or like a Thanksgiving, like a Thanksgiving dinner gathering of some sort uh then for obvious reasons everybody's going to be showing up and eating at well dinner time you generally TM. have a stated dinner time yeah. for something like that so uh, buffets are also really good if you don't have a lot of places for people to sit and eat or if you have a lot of food options yeah um so that's really a good place for buffet now Next, we have plated. Uh, plated is like the fanciest. Yeah. Um, you all sitting around a big long table with like candles and like several plates and forks and knives for each person kind of energy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So plated is great for a smaller group of people, although you can still do it with a big group of people. You might need some help doing the plating, though. Oh, goodness. Um, um, oh, and plated is also good if you're planning on eating at a specific time or you've chosen specific courses for people to eat. Like if you're going to have like a salad course and a soup course and a main course and a this course and a that course, um, while people have discourse at the table. Nope. Mm -mm. That was fantastic. Mm -mm. Um, Shut it down. Thumbs down yeah. in the comment. I don't know how you do that on a keyboard, but I don't know. Control Alt something. Nope. Thumbs that was down. Great. That thumbs was great. down. Uh, and then sort of in the middle ground, you have family style. Uh, and family style is great because you have like your big, sir like all your food is like in its serving containers there. You know, so you like, you got a big pot of mashed potatoes and you got like a big thing of this and you got a big thing of that. And then you serve... And then your 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 guests will serve themselves from these serving plates. Yeah. Uh, and this is a great middle ground because you can still have that like that like time that you're having dinner. You can still have uh you know like fanciness, and you can still have like all of these like great ways to have casual conversations without the sort of like weirdness of having a buffet. Uh, if you really want to have like a tight knit sort of like family meal. However, you do want to make sure that the food is able to be passed around in the serving utensils. So this means no crock pots. 
Yeah, because you can't like <laughs> you're not hand gonna it lift that thing up and do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Servings like buffet at a table. Yeah, for lack of better words. Yeah. So in all of this, right, whether you're doing it buffet style or plated or it's family style, like don't be afraid to cook and interact with guests in your cooking or kitchen space. You often see the like barbecue summertime festivities being a gather around the facility for applying heat to a unit of food. And like, <laughs> you mean a we're all barbecue, talking. my yes. dude? Uh, whereas you can do that in the winter. Like, like, like you think about like, uh, like a Christmas or Thanksgiving party in like a movie Right. It's often like the mom or the dad or whomever, like in the kitchen cooking and coming out and like in the apron with the hands wiping on the towel. Like, oh, yeah. I'll be oh, like dinner. I'll be ready shortly. Ah, kind of energy or whatever. And then they're back in there and you might got one or two guests coming in and out yeah. saying a thing. But for the most part, you're like separated from the yeah. group. Uh, and like this is obviously most easy in an open floor plan house. Yeah. But like uh, like almost every time, like every time we serve food. Or have a get together or a gathering or anything like that. It's like most of the conversation and hanging out is taking place in the kitchen. Yeah. Or around the barbecue if it's like summertime or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, don't be afraid to engage people in the like, pro like while you're cooking, while you're preparing the food. Because a lot of this stuff is like a function of timing. Uh, and also, if you need somebody to grab something out of the fridge for you. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah. or grab you a beer or whatever because you're currently stirring this pot. You now have a de facto assistant. Because if you've got your spoon in the hand and you're in a kitchen, then you're in charge of that kitchen. Then you're the boss. It's the now. captain of that kitchen. Like, I got the spoon. You just point the spoon at somebody and, like, go get me a beer. I'm stirring. And they're like, it's totally reasonable. I'll go get this guy a beer. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, before we get into deciding on what dishes you're going to have, um, if people ask you what they can bring, um, First of all, let them let them bring something. Oh, yeah. even if even if you're doing a plated de deal, people are going to be like, I'd like to bring something. What can I bring? Or they'll just say, what can I bring? So the easiest thing to do here is, first of all, fall back on your theme. That helps a lot there. If you're doing a luau and somebody's like, what do I bring? You're like, I don't know, pina colada stuff. Yeah. Uh, something pineapple-y. <laughs> you, know. you don't need to be specific. Don't say, I need a garden fresh salad that'll serve 14 people with, with uh, rosemary croutons. Too specific. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You... Take it all the way back to just just like if they're like, oh, what should I bring? Just be like pear, anything pear based. Yeah. And then they're going to figure it out. Also, sometimes you're going to get real fucking bonkers shit. That yeah. Way. Also, give people easy categories and ones that you are also not relying on for your main meal. Oh, because goodness, yeah. that person, one, may not show up and two, may not bring something that would Fit the place of the thing that or, you're trying or to may do. bring like what they perceive as a reasonable amount of mashed potatoes. And but in come to find out, we need way more mashed potatoes. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> let, ask them to bring something like a side yeah. or an appetizer. Unless or they're a drink. one of your like trusted uh like event party friends. Yeah. Who's like like you do them, they do them, you do them, they do them, like back and forth sort of party. Because those people are like, what do what do you need? And you're like, yeah. I need mashed potatoes. And they're like, cool. 
I'm going to bring 20 pounds of potatoes worth of mashed potatoes. Yeah. Oh, and or I'm going to show up two hours early for this party and cook it at your house and use your pots and pans. So it's yeah. not my problem. Yeah. Kind of energy. Um, you can also ask people to bring their specialty, particularly if you have someone in your friend group that has a specialty. I am someone that has several specialties, but the one that I am always asked to bring is festival bread. Um, so it doesn't matter what we're doing. Somebody will be like, Julie, please bring yeah. your bread. Does, and I'm like, does done. It, does this bread make sense with this meal? No. No. Are we going to eat it anyway? Yeah, yes. it's bread. Yeah. It's good but bread. But they never, ever rely on the festival bread be being the only bread. Yeah. Because the idea behind, if somebody asks what to bring, is not to fit the perfect cookie cutter thing for the meal, unless that person's it's literally just, helping you do it. Bonus it's just bonus extra stuff yeah. that people are going to want. Yeah. So that's the best it's way to handle it. sprinkles on top of the ice cream. It's bonus. Food. Yeah. Yeah, most often we ask people, if people ask what to bring us, or for our parties, that is, we will most often say, bring a snack and a drink. Yeah. Like, bring something to snack on and bring something to drink. Yeah. Because then those are the easiest things to sort of not have to worry about. I can just do basics for appetizers and snacks. And then that person also has a snack that they want. And they also have a drink that they want. Yeah. If they're um, IPA person and they're at a party that doesn't do like I'm an IPA person, but like not a lot of people like IPAs or whatever. Uh, and so like I always bring IPAs. Yeah. You know, with me or whatever. So yeah. like that kind of energy, you know? Yeah. So now to the fun part, deciding on your dishes. So start with the main course. Let So you've already got your theme. Let the main course set the tone of your meal. This helps you to make it fancier or to make it less fancy or to make it cheaper or however you want it to be. Yeah. You know, if you're doing... If you're doing... Example, if you're doing a Friendsgiving, main course is turkey. That's decided for you. Uh, are you doing like a Cinco de Mayo around there sort of thing? Maybe your main course is tacos or nachos or enchiladas. Yeah. Um, are you doing a barbecue? Are you maybe doing, your if main you're course is a, hot dogs? And yeah. If you're doing a bur barbecue, is it hot dogs? Is it hamburgers? Is it ribs? Is it, well, is it chicken? The way, the way that I think about it is, is you've got hot dogs and hamburgers are your like sort of basic. You generally always do like a little bit of both or whatever. Uh, you can replace either of one of those two with a chicken, like just like drumsticks and such on a Barbie. Uh, you can do steaks. You got a smoker and you want to do a smoker. Hey, we're smoking a whole thing. Brisket or whatever, yeah. you know, pork butt or what have you yeah. like that. Right. Are you doing like a luau thing? Maybe your main course is Kahlua pork. Right. So those yeah. are like, like whatever your theme is. Right. In, in fact, I always think of a meal as like around a theme. Like. Yeah. You know, oh, what are we doing for Samhain? Okay, well, you know, this is the time of year. This is what's available. This is what we're going to do for Samhain. Yeah. You yeah. know, that kind exactly. Exactly. Um, next, figure out your sides. You should choose sides that can be prepared in advance yeah. uh, whenever possible. So um, if, you're doing, if you're doing turkey, you've got mashed potatoes. You've got stuffing. You've got uh, maybe a cranberry sauce, uh, some sort of a salad. Something like that, right? If you're um, if you're doing sides for a taco bar, like whether it's a taco bar or you're serving tacos, sides for tacos are things like beans, uh, beans rice. rice, 
Yeah, like th- like that kind of thing. A pico de gallo or like some sort of like a salsa or yeah. whatever the heck, right? Maybe a cheese dip. Yeah, if you're, if you're if doing you're barbecue, it's like some sort of potato beans, or macaroni salad. A beans. salad, like potato salad or mac salad or whatever, uh, like beans, like uh, chili or what have you. Yeah. So those kind of things, right? And sides are generally determinant of your main course, unless you're trying to serve tacos and stuffing, which honestly... We're not going to hate on I'm not it. against that. That sounds kind of tight. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, it's also a good idea to prioritize room temperature foods as opposed to those that need to be served hot or yeah. those that need to be served very cold. Uh, because once it gets into it, especially if you're doing buffet, it's just going to be out there. Yeah. Well, and unless and you have the you equipment to hot, do that. You know, you if know. you've got one crock pot, you can serve like, let's say... Your like your chili with you know run an extension cord outside and have your chili in a crock pot. But if you but if you've got if you're doing like let's say chili because you're doing like chili dogs and chili burgers and stuff and you just put that in like a pot and bring it outside unless it's sitting on the barbecue or like on a burner next to your barbecue or whatever it's gonna get cold way faster than you think. Yeah. Right. So you definitely want to think of like what can be served room temperature and or what can be like separated from wetness, right? Uh, I'm a big proponent of all of the ingredients for a salad and dressings aside, unless, you're, of, unless of course you're doing something like a Caesar salad. That's, there's one kind, right? But undressing the salad means one, people who can't have the kind of dressing that you have aren't having to suffer through not being able to eat a salad or whatever, right? But also your, your leaves aren't going to get like wilty and shit because they're not like soaking in dressing also think about what you can keep cool like everybody focuses on keeping bevs cool with coolers or fridges but like um are you serving a cold thing like keep it in a bowl of like keep it in a bowl inside of a bowl of ice yeah you know like that sort of thing because if you can keep it cool then it's gonna last a lot longer yeah also and we shouldn't have to say this, but we will. Uh, please practice proper food safety. We're not going to tell you what those rules are. Yeah. You figure that out. Yeah. Take the class for your yeah. state. It's very easy and it's super informative. Yeah. I have my food safety certification, so yeah. it's, I've taken it's it super before easy. Too. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so overall with sides, you want to choose two to four sides to make. Uh, and of those two to four, you should have a like a cooked veggie, a salad, um, and like one to two starches and you can like replace the cooked veggie or one of the starches with like a legume if you're doing something. So like if you're doing or, barbecue or if you're doing barbecue, Hey, we're doing steak. What are my four sides for other meats? Hot dogs, hamburgers, <laughs> pork butt, right? Yes. But all meat sides. This you is can all do, meat party. if you're doing barbecue, you got, uh, it's a meat lovers you got party. grilled corn on the cob yeah. or other grilled assorted veg. You got a salad. Steak on the uh, cob. And then you got Dice like steak. a potato salad and you can do beans. There you go. Steak That's four. salad. Yeah. Also, like bread or rolls always counts as a starch. That's true. Uh, these also help to sort of keep the theme of the meal. So, like if you're doing a luau, for instance, with like a roast pork, your sides would be like again a salad, easy to throw together, uh, and then you've got like 
You've got like a mac salad. You've got got uh, like a stir fry rice, maybe. And then you have like Hawaiian rolls and you could grill up some cabbage real fast. Yeah. That's actually five. I think I wasn't counting. Uh, I was just making my own Kahlua. You grill bananas. Those are always good. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so there's your sides. Um, They definitely sort of help there. And again, if people are asking what they can bring, task them to bring a side. Yeah. Because you can always add and take Bring them Bring aside, the theme is luau. And then they're going to go like, I really love this. And you go like, ah. And then they just bring that shit. Yeah. One time I told somebody that and they brought just like a can of pineapple. Oh my God. It was awesome though. Just like a single can It was amazing. I don't even give a shit. I love canned pineapple. I was like, That's unexpected, be- but hell yeah. Dude, fuck yeah. <laughs> Put that shit in a bowl. We're all eating some pineapple dogs. Yeah. We're just going to like have some pineapple. Uh, so that's our sides. Next up is hors d'oeuvres or like appetizers, which we've just sort of been like switching Horse between divorce. those. No. Hors d'oeuvres. Yes, I know. I said that. Uh, so adore, hors d'oeuvres should be available. <laughs> Uh, appetizers should be available and ready when your guests arrive. Um, because that's what's going to allow them to get to the dinner part, especially if the dinner part is taking longer than you thought it would, um, which sometimes happens. Uh, so these should also fit the theme. These should be easy enough for you to make and put together at a moment's notice, but also not get gross over the course of the party. Because oftentimes I have had... You doing deviled eggs? Keep them cold. Maybe put them inside. Or d'oeuvres are good inside table things. When you're doing an outside, inside kind of party. Because, like, if it's a 95-degree day outside in the blistering sun, do not put those deviled eggs just on a tray in the sunlight on the outside table. Because, yeah, when they first come out all fresh from the fridge, they're going to be delicious. And an hour in, somebody's eating a warm deviled egg that's gone a bit soft. And that's awful, dude. Yeah, yeah. Also, if you're doing something like ceviche cups... uh. Maybe don't yeah. have that Ooh, all look in into, the cups. They make these tiny little umbrellas, but that don't got a pole in the middle uh, that you can that are like mesh, like a fine screen that you can put over your food. Look into those. Those are fantastic. It keeps like flies and stuff away, but you can still like see the food through them. So somebody oh, can be like, ah, yeah, this is yeah, what yeah. these is. I just mean like, like, I know that this has nothing to do with the thing that we're actively talking about, <laughs> but I think about this a lot with hors d'oeuvres. They're the coolest thing, dude. I'm very yeah. hype on these little umbrella thingies. Uh, and they work super well. They do. They do. You know? We had one when I was growing up that was like a little broken and it made it like a triangle, but yeah. it actually worked a little bit better. I want to do one, but that's just like screen door material and like wo- a wooden crate. Oh, jeez. Just like, just like a big, just like a big wooden crate. With like a little door. With like a little door. Yeah, you just just like open it and reach in and get it. They're like, this is weird. And you're like, you got to watch out for bugs. And they're like, what kind of fucking bugs do you have out here, man? They're like, it's inside. And you're like, I know. (laughs) They're everywhere, man. They're like, all right, this party's turning into an intervention fest. Yeah. Aside from like food safety stuff and like keeping cold food cold and hot food hot. um, Also make it like with the ceviche cups so that your hors d'oeuvres, which will basically be sitting out the entire time that you're having this meal thing. Because oftentimes people will, after a whole dinner, come back and be like, I want some of those hors d'oeuvres. Oh, yeah. Give me that chips and salsa. It's still chips and salsa time for dessert, bro. You don't want them to be soggy by the end of the meal because if you've ever bit into like a too soggy piece of bread that's like a canapé where there's like a thing on top and then it's on the bread and it's soggy in the middle and you're just like, 
nope, gross. Yeah. I'm done with eating forever now. I'm Well, good. think about stuff like tiny forks, um, uh, toothpicks, mm-hmm. right? That kind of energy. Um, tongs are uh, uh, definitely plus, right? So when you're laying your stuff out, think about tongs and yeah. such. Yeah, well, we have more, we have, a, we have more tips to come to. Uh, but moving along, next we got desserts. Desserts should be at the very end to give your guests something thematically sweet Fake news, and desserts indulgent. Desserts the whole time. Or, or you could just do a dessert the whole time thing. I yeah. am absolutely here nice for a desserts party. only party. Yeah. Um, so for desserts, try to give like two to three options. Like a fruit and a decadent and like maybe a drink. Yeah. Because different people have different thresholds for sweet. And this is also another one of those ways to like take care of like food res- dietary restrictions. Yeah, if you just have an ice cream and somebody's got the milks, then like... They can't participate. In or you show. went and bought a chocolate cake and turns out there's somebody that can't eat chocolate. Yeah. Now they don't get anything. Yeah. Uh, but also like John, for instance, does not have a big sweet tooth, but yeah. I do. So for him, he's like, oh my God, this strawberry is so sweet. I don't need to have anything sweet for like three days. Meanwhile, I'm just like, give me the piece of cake that has the frosting roses, please. And oh, thank you. It's so gross. <laughs> not even a little bit, dude. <laughs> So try and have like some options there. And as far as like portions go, smaller portions are best here. You don't want to be the like doing the big cake and cutting big slices because people just ate a whole meal, maybe even a buffet, depending on how you took care of this. And they want something, a little something, not a whole meal. The way that I look at it is this isn't a nine year old birthday party. Like you don't need, you don't need like three or four inch by three or four inch slices of bloody two tier cake. You know what I'm saying? Now, if somebody wants that volume, then that's great. They can have multiple bites. Basically, basically what I'm saying here is try to make your desserts closer to sweet appetizers at the end of the meal. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that right that is definitely the way to work. Like if you're doing cookies, cookies are an ideal serving size because they are small and they are portable, and you can take as many as you want. Some people are a one cookie cupcakes. person. Cupcakes are great, but not too. that bloody fancy. You know, them like fancy cupcake places. I don't know if y'all got any of those out where you are, but like we got these fancy cupcake places around here, and these cupcakes are like. A fucking small pizza, dude. They're so yeah, big. Some of them are huge. It's absurd. It's like too much cake, you yeah, know? Yeah. So like a, like a small cupcakes are great. Also, your dessert doesn't necessarily have to be like again, like a 9-year-old birthday party. Like muffins are a fantastic dessert, yeah. dude. Right? You got oh, we got blueberry muffins. Fire. Homemade blueberry muffins. You could do those 2-3 days ahead of time probably. Yeah. yeah. Right? Depending on the kind of like, we've also or done you're doing. like here are fresh berries and whipped cream and literally we just like took the berries out of the clamshell and rinsed them maybe not even took them out just like rinsed them and put them there and then people could just like make get a, what they wanted yeah. parfait is a great like serve yourself style like if you're doing like a buffet yeah. or family style dinner uh like parfait is a great one because then you just then you have a bunch of components in bowls. Right. Here's a bowl with granola. Here's a bowl with shredded coconut. Here's a bigger bowl with yogurt. Yeah. You know, here's a bowl with whatever. Put out a bunch of teacups. Yeah. Or coffee mugs, coffee mug parfait. Bing, bang, boom. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're in a good place. So now drinks. So drinks go a little differently when you're looking at a plated meal. And we'll talk about that later. But um, in general, I recommend to have one alcoholic drink option, one non-alcoholic drink option, and also water. Uh, as far as the water goes, having a flavored water is fantastic, but can be a bit problematic because maybe you have someone who doesn't like the taste of cucumbers and they also are not a drinker. And now all you have for them is tea and they don't really like tea. Yeah. So try and try and try and keep the water situation. Either we have multiple flavored waters or where it's just water. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, for the alcoholic and non-alcoholic drink option, what we typically do, especially for like our holiday season parties, like the cold weather season parties, is um, one of my specialties is mulled wine. So I will typically always make mulled wine. That is the alcoholic drink option. And then we'll oftentimes also make spiced apple cider. And we'll also serve it alongside uh, like a bottle of Fireball. We're not yeah. putting it into the apple cider, but people can choose to do that. So if yeah. they don't like red mold wine, which is fine, then they can have apple cider. And if they choose to, they can they add in the alcohol. Yeah. yeah. So you have that ability. And yeah. also during the colder months, have a warm bev. A right? warm bev a is warm very bev, it's fancy. It's very fancy. Yeah. Everybody loves it. It also makes the house smell fantastic. Get yourself like some some like uh, apple cider and a few cinnamon sticks or whatever. Put that shit in a big ass pot. And then just have that on like simmer. Yeah. Dude, Actually, people are going to love that. warm bevs, I recommend a crock pot. A crock pot I, is definitely yeah. the best way to go with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So if you are not already using the crock pot for something, then, um, then you know, maybe... Be, maybe don't like apple cider is great at room temperature or even cold, but it's not the same as hot. Oh, apple it's cider. so good though. Yeah, uh, and also if you're doing a, if you're doing a sweet, warm drink like that, or perhaps even a sweet cold drink that can even be part of your dessert option. You know, you can have like, for instance, root beer floats for, um, for summertime barbecue stuff that both doubles as a non-alcoholic drink and, and an also and a dessert, a dessert. So yeah. you're kind of hitting a few different things there. Totally. So always be mindful that not everybody is looking to get sloshed, but also, some people definitely want the slosh. Totally, totally, yeah. totally. And if if you're part of a group that drinks, like, you know, set up the bar, have the space. We generally try and keep the, like, like sodas and beers are in coolers. And then, like, you know, we've got, like, the little bar is set up in a corner over there. And the non-alcoholic drinks are, like, you know, keep the, like... Like, like, if you're doing, like, the barbecue example is the best way. It's like, you got two coolers, that's the alcohol cooler, and that's the sodas and water bottles cooler. Yeah. Or whatever. So that way people know, it's like, I'm going for a drink, I'm going for a non-drink. Yeah. Right? If somebody's like, where's this? You can just go, like, non-alcoholic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Boom. Exactly. You know? Exactly. It makes it real easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, presentation. Uh, presentation does matter. So there's a lot of different ways that you can look at presentation and it obviously changes depending on what it is that you're doing, you know, how you're serving your meals, like presentation on a buffet going to look totally different than presentation on a plated meal. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that, but 
Definitely get these some garnishes. Yeah. Make it look pretty. Is that some parsley on the top of this big old plate of uh, of meat? Why, yes, it is. Yeah. How fancy does that parsley a, make it a, look? Do a fancy. You know what? You're you're gonna serve like like a um a board with like a cheese board with like cheeses and meats and and shit like that. It's real easy to just lay that stuff out in like nice lines. Makes it look fancy. Throw a little bit of, uh, uh, what is it, like kale or a parsley yeah. or something like that underneath it. Boom. So fancy right now. Yeah, exactly. So if things that you can use for garnishes are like herbs that match your meal. You can use edible flowers if you can get a hold of those. Do not just use the flowers from the florist section of the grocery store. Oh my store. God, yeah, no, buy actual those edible have flowers, pesticides my God. on yeah. them. Yeah, buy, don't even try Buy that. things that make sense for that. Uh, sprouts are also great for garnishes. Uh, fruit is a good garnish, especially in unexpected places. Yeah. Uh, and you can also use like you're doing a you're doing a you're doing a meat and cheese board put a little uh uh put a little dish with some blueberries in there yeah you know cut a strawberry into like and fan it out a little bit you know yeah put that on as there. long Pop as uh as long as nut allergies are, isn't one that you have to deal with or like seed allergies you can use like a variety of different seeds or yep. nuts as garnishes whether they're chopped or whole like if you're using sesame seeds you don't need to chop those what are you doing with your yeah. life <laughs> don't forget to put stuff in bowls yeah. Right? Bowls yeah. of stuff. Spices are a great way to add presentation. And probably the easiest way to think of how you can use spices as presentation is, have you ever had deviled eggs that were just plain with the egg stuff? And then have you also had deviled eggs that had paprika sprinkled on them? Yeah. So much fancier. So much fancier. Yeah. yeah. You can also, of course, use different types of flaky salts or special pepper and a variety of different things. But do presentation either by like setting it up to look nice, by adding just like a little teeny sprig of parsley somewhere or sprinkling some like petals from some violets. There's a ton of different ways that you can do it. And it just adds that extra little Boom. Yeah. You can also use like tablecloths as part of your presentation. Fancy plates. Um, plates. And such. You also want to decide whether you're going to use regular dishes or disposables. Do what works best for you. We have done parties where everybody's using our regular plates and we've done parties where everybody's using disposables. And you know what? They're both great, but for totally separate and different reasons. Yeah, totally. And it also, it does change a little bit the level of fanciness, but also not at all when you look at the types of, the different types of disposable dishes that are out there. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, can, you, can do, you can do paper plates at a barbecue and you could also get those like real nice like plastic disposable plates that you see at like a wedding or whatever yeah you know like, or like bamboo plates there's all kinds of disposables oh, totally. that you can get at totally. now it's so cool so definitely decide then whether you want to use regular dishes or disposables and uh commit to that <laughs> whatever that is uh we don't have a dishwasher and i oftentimes do like just regular plates um so you know it just it, it takes a it takes a bit it just of a means you have a ton of dishes you got to do yeah you know that night or the next day yeah, exactly. Uh, so now that we've thought about the dishes, you want to think about how much of these dishes you're going to make. John and I always have this 
joke about how we're going to eat party food for like the rest of the week after we've had a party. Like leftover party food. Uh, and oftentimes we do. And there is nothing wrong with that. In fact, I oftentimes do that on purpose. Yeah, dude, party leftovers. Party leftovers. Because then are I don't just, have to cook. <laughs> party leftovers are just the rest of the year version of Thanksgiving leftovers. Yeah. And Thanksgiving leftovers are fantastic. Yeah. In fact... A leftover Thanksgiving sandwich the next day is literally better than actual Thanksgiving the meal. Yes. Dude, that leftover yes, is. sando is fire. You want to know a secret? Put that shit on garlic bread. Yeah. Garlic Make that bread. sando that's on garlic bread. That's that's the future right there. Yeah. Yeah. But in general, you want to think about how much you're going to make, especially if you are not an old hand at throwing parties. We throw a lot of parties and, and have for a long time, I've always been like a big entertainer at the house and I'm pretty spot on with how much food I need for a party. So it's easy for me to know. But for those of you who don't, I've got some handy little tips for you. So for appetizers, you want to think about having six bites per person. And these are just suggestions. When yeah, I, when you I'm can do whatever you want. Doctors but, or whatever those but people But these are. are the recommendations. So for appetizers, you'd want to have six bites per person. And uh, the caveat here is the more variety of dishes the smaller quantity of each you need to make yeah right so if you're having 10 people over and you're doing deviled eggs as your appetizer that's a lot of deviled eggs to make yeah i mean if that's your only appetizer if which also is such a bold strategy i you know what i would do and it. only deviled egg you know what this party is just deviled eggs everybody come just over we're eggs. having deviled eggs there's three kinds that's of just a hangout eggs. my god i've that's definitely i've definitely done that um <laughs> especially because we have chickens and some years i'm just like please get these eggs yeah. out of my house in the summertime not only are deviled eggs the primary hors d'oeuvre for this one but you also get to go home with a party get favor of it's eggs. more fucking eggs please take these eggs please away Please take these eggs you don't have to pay me yeah <laughs> just, just take them yeah so the more variety of dishes the smaller quantity of each you need to make um that doesn't mean that you really need to make like 60 deviled eggs right but most people aren't going to do just deviled eggs so that's also like chips and salsa yeah a chip with some salsa on it is a bite yeah uh so that sounds like a lot especially for the appetizers and it will for the desserts when we get there too but like it's really not once you break it down yeah um it's it's like a couple of handfuls of food per person so just plan for that so for the like main course and sides for for meat or your protein if you're gonna go meat free and you're doing something else um for that protein fix you want to do about six ounces of meat per person yeah Eight if you've got a meat hungry friend group. <laughs> uh, eight for, ounces of double cheeseburgers, eight ounces. That's right. So, so for starches, you want to do about a cup per person, um, and that you might want to do each on that. So this is an each thing, right? So this isn't like, oh, I have mashed potatoes and rolls. What's one cup of mashed potatoes and rolls? No, it's one cup each. Yeah. One each. Yeah. If you have uh, 10 people coming over, do not make 10 rolls. It's not enough rolls. Yeah. Right? This isn't a one roll per person. This is <laughs> That's not how this works. Yeah. Yeah. I usually decide at three rolls per person because yeah. some people are going to want to eat five and some people will yeah. eat one. Some people are going to turn that Thanksgiving into turkey <laughs> sliders. I'm yeah. that person. That's me. I'm yeah, that guy. That's, that's, that's going to eat an entire turkey dinner that's just in the form of Hawaiian sweet roll sliders. Yeah. Also, bread is one of my specialties. Yeah. So, yeah. So for starches, one cup per person. Also, cooked veggies. 
And salad, one cup per person. Some people are more more meat heavy. Some people are more starch heavy. Some people are more veggie heavy in the way that they eat. And assuming that about one cup per person for each of these sides is a good thing because some people are going to eat two cups of that thing. Two, like I I will eat two cups of salad. That is a small salad for me. Uh, but he is going to have maybe a half a cup. 16 ounces if of that. meat though. Yeah. Uh, so four or five gallons. Uh, so of beer. assuming about that much per person helps to kind of like have that buffer between some people that have a little less and some people that have a little more of one particular type. Um, for desserts like appetizers, six bites per person. Yeah. I know that again seems like a lot, but you know what you don't want to do? Run out of desserts. Yeah. Like it seems like a lot. Okay. Think about like all right. What's the what's the dessert version of the of the deviled eggs is s'mores. You're having a barbecue cookout that's going into the evening. S'mores is a solid dessert. You already got a fire going. Totally yeah. makes sense, right? Six s'mores per person sounds like a tremendous amount of s'mores. Except what are you is everybody gonna make a s'more, sit down and have a s'more? Thank you. Good night. Get the fuck off my property. Not at all, dude. Not at all. If yeah. you guys are sitting around a fire having beers, chit-chatting, six s'mores might not even be enough yeah. per person, yeah. right? Like, because you're going to be there for hours, drinking, hanging out, yeah. chit-chatting, right? You're yeah. going to got the people who, like, had dinner and are coming out like, I'm starving still. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Also, like, if six bites per person for a dessert seems like a lot, I challenge you, eat only six strawberries. Yeah, exactly. Or only six raspberries. Have fun with that. Yeah. So so six bites per person. And then uh, drinks. One glass per course. So um, we've been breaking this up between like appetizer, main course, desserts. So that would be like plan for at least three glasses of a drink. Yeah. Not counting water. Water is kind of like always flowing sort yeah. of thing, right? Well, I mean, I, I think the way that I've heard it said before is like if you're doing like a wine Part, like if you're doing a fancy party and you're like primarily serving just wine, you want a bottle of wine per person. Yes. Yes. Right. That is another good way to look at that. Like think, yeah. think about your volume as a, a bottle of wine per person. And honestly, a bottle of wine per person is like a shorter evening meal, yeah. like evening dinner party to me. If you're having a longer and we generally have like a kind of open party window Right. With some set events during the during the party is the way that we plan those. Right. So it's like, oh, you can come over anytime between like this time and this time. We're going to have main dinner served at this time. Yeah. Like if we're doing like a ritual for ritual a Sabbath, the this rituals time. at this yeah. time. And then you could just fucking show up whenever you want. Right. If we're doing something that day, like if I'm doing like a project or something, I'll be like, we're also doing a project. So if you want to come hang out and do this project with us, this is when it's happening. Or like bring your crafts. You know, or bring your on. crafts or yeah. what have you. Um, so uh, like if that's the case, people could potentially be there for much longer. So a bottle of wine is like nothing. Yeah. You know, if you, if you got a noon till 10 o'clock kind of person, um, totally just press that. Uh, unmuted the TV for a second. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Um, oh man, but, I thought that that happened just like unprompted. No, I thought the remote like it was did over that there one time. Nope, nope I just accidentally booted it because the remote was in the wrong Scared place. Scared me. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, so like if you if you're gonna have like uh, like a noon till till ten o'clock 
kind of person over all day. You know, like the way you would have like a family member over for like a, a get together or like a birthday party length thing. You got to think about it as being like way more than that. You know, I would like, I would argue that, um, that at that point in time, you would want like a, a long form party. I would almost think like the volume equivalent of like three bottles of wine per person. Now, of course, that is not just alcohol drinks, right? I know that I'm primarily talking about alcohol drinks, but like that would, I would also say that that like to take into account that volume, take like your soda into that volume or your hot cider into that volume. Like, yeah. cause some people aren't going to drink a bottle of wines worth of, worth of alcoholic beverage. They might have like one beer or like a half glass of wine, but they're like, like, I'm not trying to like drink a bunch of drinks or whatever. And you're like, oh, okay, but they're still going to go through that much like liquid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wetness during that time frame. Yeah. So, so you need to give them an equivalent amount of wetness in non-alcoholic drinks. Yeah. So when we usually have like a long form party like that, we usually do a punch type drink. So that's the mold wine and that's an apple cider or like some sort of party punch. There are a million recipes and party punch is the way to go. They're delicious. It really is. It really is a good way to go. Um, whether it's served cold or hot, but it's a good way for people to have something without like really cranking through those bottles of wine or cans yeah. of beer or Looking whatever at it you, is. Eggnog backslash horchata, you know, any yeah. of that Aguas kind of frescas. stuff. Aguas frescas. Yeah. So I usually assume for a long form party like that, where people are going to be drinking their own, I usually make uh, two gallons. That's also because I want that stuff for me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, one gallon, I would say, would be a good minimum for up to, like, say, 10 people. Yeah. Uh, because most of these people are going to have something else that they are also drinking. We live in a time where most people are also just drinking water. Yeah. So, uh, but I like to have that extra. I think that it tastes better extra. And then I basically like drink that through the week. So one to two gallons of a punch is actually really quick and easy to get to. That's basically two, two liter bottles of soda. So like if you're doing like a 1980s party punch where you're doing lemon lime soda and you got a can of pineapple juice and then you got like a whole thing of like rainbow sherbet ice cream. I know that sounds weird. It's fantastic. Oh no, it's great. It's a classic. Uh, yeah, like about. that's basically you're basically at a gallon right there. Yeah, and that's gonna go real fast. So always, uh, always err on the side of having a little bit too much if you're doing a punch. So I usually recommend uh, to do two gallons for about ten people. So, um, so that's kind of the general framework of setting up a feast. We know that's a lot. It's a lot to go over. It's not necessarily magical, but the, the beauty of magic is mundane I mean, things the, are also the, magical. It's magical if you, if you, uh, kick it off and it works out perfectly fine and there's not drama. Yeah, Party exactly. Party free of drama, most magical. Exactly. So now we've got some uh, general tips about parties in addition to the ones we've been sprinkling in throughout. So first of all, always make your tried and true recipes 
or at least test them out before your meal. Do not do a party where you are making something for the very first time. Oh yeah, don't. That's a nightmare. Dog, so you high risk. Want that stress. So high risk. It's high I mean, risk and it's a lot of stress for you as the party thrower. I mean, we've definitely done that, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've done it, but it is never fun. <laughs> it's a little stressful. Yeah, it's very stressful. So next up is uh, plan your meals so that you can do as much prep work ahead of ahead of time. So this is not just like figuring out what you're going to make, but also have it like written down somewhere. We have a big whiteboard on the back of our like door, the back door, the back door the that like connects to the kitchen. And I write down the meals that need like everything that we're going to make. And then with all the ingredients so that I can make a food and shopping list, I'm not putting the recipe on the whiteboard if I'm like working off of a recipe, but I'm saying like, Green salad. I need salad greens and two tomatoes yeah. and one carrots cucumber and whatever, carrots. Yeah. And I need two different salad dressings. And then I'll be like, bread. I need flour, milk, butter, yeast. That way I can make sure that I have all of the things. Most of the time, I'm not putting a quantity on there. And then as I'm making these dishes or pre-making the things for this, I'm crossing this stuff off on the whiteboard so that I know what's there. It helps a ton if you can see at a glance what it is that needs to be done, what has been done, and what you need for everything. Makes a big, big, big difference. Um, and sort of in line with that is make menu cards or like a menu board so that people know what the food is and if there's any allergens. Now, you don't have to make cards for everything. Some things are like easy to understand. Like Some these are chips. This is salsa. But if you're hand but if you're like making all of your own stuff, it's a good idea that way you're not like every time you're like, "Oh, this is that and this is that and this is that." It's very draining for the host of the party. So even if it's just like printed out on a piece of paper that says like, "These are mashed potatoes," parentheses, contains dairy. That's fine. People just want to know what they're eating. But if you want to get extra fancy, make tiny little menu cards. Uh, we've got family that has these little like uh, chalkboard uh, poker things that they use for it. And they have like little um, A-frame little signs too, all with like chalkboard pens you write on. It's very, very cute. And it works super well for the parties that they throw. Um, and that's a, that's a great way to do something like that, that you'll have every single time. And then you don't have to worry about like a dish getting moved or something like that. Uh, and if you do a menu card, um, like a, like a printed out little menu, some, if you want to make it extra fancy and you're doing like a plated dinner or a family style dinner, print out, make it small and print out a couple of them and then put them at each like setting at the table and then people can be like oh so fancy and you're warning them about what's coming next like a theater performance exactly exactly um you also want to uh separate your drink area and your food area uh because People are going to want drinks more often than they're going to want well, food. So have those in a place where you're not competing with, with somebody. Space. Yeah. So you're not competing where somebody's trying to get chips and one person is trying to like pour some apple cider. Yeah. Think in general, you need to think about the flow of people through your house, right? You live in your house or whatever, you know, like where the like choke points are like tight spaces, hallways. So like if there's a runner table next to your hallway or like let's say next to the front door, 
right? If you load that up with all the bevs, then it means anybody coming into the party is going to run into a cacophony of stuff or the door won't able to be opened or some nonsense like that, right? Uh, think about it like um, uh, coolers as seating. Like coolers as seating is pretty normal. Yeah. Right. For like a barbecue party, like a summertime barbecue party. Yeah. Uh, but that also means that every time somebody wants something out of that cooler, you got to get up to get into that cooler. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> I literally made like four benches earlier this year. Yeah. Specifically. So, so we had we more seating for, out, for yeah. outdoor uh, get togethers. Yeah. Uh, so Less like minute stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, and with that, people will often try to people will oftentimes try to congregate in the kitchen. So prepare for that. No matter what you do, people are going to want to hang out in the kitchen because that's where the food comes from. That's true. Uh, and I try to um, like do multiple loads of dishes to try and keep that area under control. One of the things that's interesting about living in modern life is that we try to clean our houses so much so that it looks like nobody lives there. And this is also true of the kitchen. So a lot of times people will be like, oh no, I don't want my guests in my kitchen because I don't want them to see what a mess it is. Well, in between cooking things, this is part of the reason why doing pre-cooking, like pre-planning, prep work and prep such. work makes sense is because now you have less stuff to do later. Yeah. But as even when you're in the thick of it, if you've got like four, if you've got like four or five dishes left, get those dishes out, get them done. Just take a break from whatever you're doing and get those dishes washed. Do not stress about that. Also, your guests understand dishes have been dirtied yeah pots they, they, are food. also dirty listen this i don't know if you know this or not this isn't star trek time you don't just go up to the wall and go like i don't know whatever like a roast ham or whatever and then it just comes out on a serving plate no no pots and pans were messed in the making of said ham you know what i'm yeah. saying like yeah. so you don't need to stress about even that if you're stuff. doing that weird commercial thing where people are like, is this delivery? No, it's DiGiorno. Like you still have dirty plates, even if you're trying to pass off that frozen pizza as something you made yourself. Yeah, right. Like it, it's there. Uh, and then also <laughs> have a, a craft or an activity that people can engage with. Yeah. Something simple. Because one of the things about throwing a party is... People will also get a little too sloppy sometimes if they're not being engaged otherwise because they're having a great time. They're chit-chatting, yeah. meeting new people, reconnecting with old well, ones, is, catching up, and part it's of the really easy to drink a whole of, lot. This is part of the theme work, and this is part of the festivities work, especially if you're doing like a Sabbath or, or Blot or... Or, or what have you, right? Is that if you have something to otherwisely occupy time, right? It's going to give people stuff to do. This is that when lawn games are a thing. Drinking. Yeah. Right? So, and, and I mean, that can be, we're all sitting here watching a movie. Yeah. It can be the, the, the background theme, right? The event part, the craft part of the party is everybody shut up, watch this movie. Yeah. Those are great parties, right? Uh, but the craft part can also be, oh, hey, we bought a bunch of little jars and such. We're going to do little spell jars. Or like, oh, hey, we're doing this or, or whatever. We're all yeah. carving pumpkins. Yeah, carving we're pumpkins. We're all decorating cookies. And, and let we're me tell you, everybody loves flower this. crowns. As an adult, do a pumpkin decorating party. Do a cookie decorating party. Pumpkin carving or cookie decorating. You know what? Especially if your friend group is like, minimal children where this is too dangerous to be around children power tool <laughs> pumpkin carving my guy yeah, 
Yeah. Best party. You, can... you get to put down plastic like serial killer because you're going to make a terrible mess no matter where you do this. Yeah. Right? And then carve away. Yeah. You can also make it really low key if you're not trying to do a pumpkin carving party Christmas thing. cookies um, is a great decorating you do party. coloring. You oh can God, easily go to a store and pick up a couple of coloring books and, some, and, and a box of crayons. And like a box of crayons or something. And people are really going to have a great time. Yeah. Just give that, like, have a puzzle out on a table. Just like partially done. Remember when we were kids and you would we would all come over and play video games? Do video games the party, yeah. guys. This also, we all still want to do that. Yeah. This Not only does this keep people from getting like a little too in their cups, but it also helps to get people out of your kitchen if you're trying, because then, because you're trying to move around and get stuff going. And if you've got like any more than like two people in a kitchen, that's too many. Yeah. For most people. Right. So this is a, this serves like several pieces and it also creates fun memories. Right. There's also all of these things do that. But there's a reason why we do it. And it's to keep people out of the kitchen and to keep them from being too sloppy. Yeah. It definitely chills out the over drinking. <laughs> right. It gives you something to do. I mean, <laughs> we're chopping wood and stacking wood. That's the theme of this get together. Perfectly reasonable get together. Yeah. You know, have a have a fun about it. And this is especially nice uh, around uh, a uh, blot or a sabbat or anything like that, is that they get like a magical doodad take yeah. home. Right. Party, party favor, favor. Right. Um, as well as you're bringing the whole party, you're making the whole thing a little bit more connected with the festivity. Exactly. Right? Uh, even if even if that craft is like we've like collected a bunch of like leaves, right, and got some like pencils out or whatever, some pens, and are like, all right, write a message on a leaf and like prepare to put it in a fire, yeah, because we're gonna have like a le- like releasing bad stuff, like bad energies and stuff, yeah, or kind write of, your kind, wish, kind of a party, or write your wish or whatever, and then you hold on to them, and some people are gonna do it like last second, right before it happens. That's me. I'm talking about me right now. Uh, last second right before it happens because you got to participate in the thing that you're hosting and literally doing the words about. Um, and some people are going to be like, so I got, I got like 40 leaves and you're like, yeah, dog, you do you. Yeah. And some people, no leaves at all. I'm either in the 40 leaves and I did it way ahead of time or I'm in the no leaves at all. And it just really sort of depends on how well I've been able to prepare for this party. Yeah. 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 Um, And then lastly, and this is like my own personal pro tip, when you're starting to wind down this party and you want people to start leaving, by the way, this is also one of the reasons why people generally serve coffee or caffeinated drinks with the dessert course so that you're not falling asleep after the meal. So you're a little bit amped. But anyway, when you're starting to wind down the party and you kind of want people to start go going start collecting the used dishes and cups yeah people start will cleaning up start cleaning up nothing too big you're not busting out a vacuum you're not throwing the dishwasher <laughs> oh on you know vacuuming at the end of a party <laughs> is the is the clearest way to say get the fuck out of my house you yeah. could possibly listen if you really need somebody out just start vacuuming yeah even if you don't have to vacuum now people will see that you're collecting these dishes and cups and they will naturally want to help and trust me after planning this you're gonna want that help yeah. uh and this is gonna do two things this i mean is- or they're gonna want to leave because they're gonna be like i don't need to be well doing it's gonna do two dishes things right now it's gonna it's gonna help you clean up because some people are like well guess it's time to go and that's great because that's what you wanted. 
You're yeah. tired. Mission successful. Uh, or you've got the people that are kind of like your tried and true, like ride or dies, and they're going to help you clean up. But they're not going to do the whole thing. Like they're not going to be in there doing your dishes, right? And you don't want them to be there doing your dishes, yeah, you even that. if they offer, right? You know, so if somebody's like, oh, do you want me to wash this? Just be like, nah. Just put that in the sink. I'll take care of it. Seems like tomorrow me's problem. Yeah, that's tomorrow you's problem. You know, um, like give like like give guests the ability to help you clean up without asking to have them help you clean up because totally. it makes your whole process a little bit faster. And um, it they're either communicates go away. They're to either everybody else. Yeah, they're either staying for the sleepover or they're gonna leave. Yeah, yeah, totally, <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> Yeah. So that's all of the mundane side of planning a feast. As you can hear um, and maybe see if you're watching us on YouTube, this is the like lion's share of planning a feast. So if you've ever wanted to plan a Sabbath, honestly, you'd be good with just these bits here. Yeah. You don't even need to add magic to it. Yeah. A Sabbath's just a, a magical party. It's a party with a magical theme. Mm -hmm. Right. It's sort of like, oh, hey, uh, what what do you what, what kind of birthday party do you want? They're like princess birthday party done. I don't need to think about any more details than princess birthday party. My yeah. Guy. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. like like most of the work of uh, of a blot or a sabbat is really just basic princess birthday party energy. Yeah. Right. The only magical stuff is really just the bonus sprinklings that you're putting on top through uh -huh. like selective reasoning. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So now let's add magic to these feasts, right? Sprinkles. So start by adding intention to your feast. You can do this by focusing on the intent of a dish. So I do this most often by saying out loud while I'm making the dish, anyone who eats this will feel renewed and nourished. Simple. You can use that for literally everything. Um, and you can kind of modify that however you see fit. Um, now, you can also do this, uh, and I often do this too, is by using correspondences of its ingredients. So I usually do this by saying out loud when I'm putting the ingredients in, like cinnamon for prosperity anise for protection or so forth. Yeah. So that's an easy way to do that. And when you're talking to people at the party about the dishes and you're like, oh, we're having, you know, bloody whatever apple cider. You're like, well, apples are for plenty or whatever. And like good life and prosperity and stuff and like cinnamons for prosperity. And it's got, you know, nutmeg in it, which is for like whatever protection or whatever. And like, and so like you can like say these things. And now all of a sudden this person's like, I was just coming in here for a cup of apple cider at this uh, fucking Samhain Sabbath. But this is tight, dog. Yeah. So you elevate like the a level little extra like for yeah. everything. And. If you don't want to have to remember all of those tiny details, which like I'm not going to remember them in five minutes and I just said them, uh, <laughs> this is another good use for tiny boards. Yeah, exactly. Or, ti or tiny cards or whatever. Because yeah. if you're labeling your food, you can put magical properties of that food on there. This is now Studio Ghibli fancy. Yeah, you know what I'm exactly, saying? Exactly. Exactly. Don't don't forget about using intention with enchanted cooking utensils. All, totally. Also. Totally. Yeah. Uh, of course, you can always like cleanse the the kitchen or the room or anything like that. All of those things still. Yeah, definitely some sort of a, like apply. a mystical. Yeah. Yeah. So next up, make the feast 
pretty. Remember we talked about garnishes? This is the same thing, but kick magical. Kick it up a notch. Yeah, kick it up a notch. So use sigils or symbols to decorate your foods. You can use this with powders and sauces, sugar, flour, depending on what it is. Yeah. A lot of different options here. Yeah. And uh, Draw a symbol on a piece of paper and mm-hmm. then cut that symbol out and then put it over your dish and then sprinkle a little powdered sugar if it's a dessert or a little flour, like if it's a bread or whatever, before yeah. you bake it. Boom. You just break the, you just you just bake the sigil into the, into that loaf of bread or what have you. You know, like you see them decorative cards that go over your hot chocolate or whatever at yep. Christmas time. So you get like a snowflake or whatever. Fuck exactly that like that. Like that kind of energy. Super easy yeah. to do. Bro. You can use sauces to like draw runes totally. or stuff like that. Like there's a ton of different ways that you can do this. And if you're in the broom closet, this is a, this, you can still do this. Yeah. Just choose symbols that correspond with the theme of your feast or something that's generic that won't arouse you, suspicion. Secret, secret magicking uh, uh, barbecue with the fam. Right. When you're putting ketchup on your on your mustard uh, on your uh, hamburger bun or hot dog bun, put a little put a little rune on there, put a little sigil on that hamburger bun. You're just putting ketchup on that. Boom. Hamburger magic. Yeah. And if you're in a position where that's still a little too too much um, stars for Christmas or New Year's pretty easy to do that yeah. everybody Nobody's loves a moon gonna, yeah nothing moon, mystical about hearts. a moon hearts everybody love a heart spirals yes yeah, totally circles you know there's a lot of different things that you can do that are sort of like low-key that way totally um so you can also use numerology for color magic for certain aspects to amp up that magic factor uh if you're making like a cake or a pie um marking or cutting it into eight pieces um like eight is prosperity so that would give prosperity to those who eat it. Yeah. If you're making cookies, like use colored icing or sugar or use sprinkles to add a little bit of extra intention. You know, if you're looking at like a like a Christmas thing, you've got a whole bunch of different colors oh, that you yeah. can use. Right. So you could do like blue sprinkles on like white icing. And that's like still wintry. It's not necessarily like quote unquote Christmas, right? Um, but like it's still wintry and that's like enlightenment and wisdom. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So the easy way to to do that. And if you and really again, like if you're doing it low key, it's just normal decorations. And if you're doing it high key, like you're trying to put together a Sabbath for your friends or like your witchy friends or whatever, then this is a great way to like kind of elevate the mood. Yeah. Right? It's sort of like think about this as the culinary equivalent of uh like putting on music yeah right we've all been to a party there's music playing or some sort of background sound you're not just like nine people standing silently in a quiet house that's horrifying you're in a horror movie get out of there what are you doing yeah dog you know so like think about it like like if you're playing music like when we'll do a sabbath right we generally got some sort of uh, nice kind of ritual adjacent music, yeah. right? If we're doing like a like a blot and it's got like a particular whatever, we'll put like a high along on or like Ward Runa or whoever. Yeah. You know, so like that, you know, it's just like you put Christmas music on at a Christmas party. Yeah. Right. And you decorate your, your cookies with Santas and reindeer and all kind of Christmas nonsense. So like... That's how you introduce magic in there is with that same sort of like, like top coat, that same varnish yeah. that you get at a Christmas party. 
Think about that for any sort of Sabbath party you're doing to make it magical or otherwisely magical party. Oh, we're having a coven get together feast. It's not like a Sabbath or something special, but we're doing like a coven feast. Hang a bunch of brooms up. Do a bunch of cauldrons or whatever, right? If you got runes or symbols, do a bunch of symbols on shit. Like it just makes it nicer, right? It It's kind of bonkers. We really only do this for like... Halloween, Christmas, and 4th of July, mm-hmm. right? Not really Thanksgiving. I mean, you can put out like a cornucopia or whatever, but, or pictures of turkey, which honestly is like a little deranged <laughs> to think that you decorate your house with pictures of the thing you're about ready to eat. It's a little psychopathic <laughs> if you think about the way that we decorate for Thanksgiving. It's like, what is this, a gluttonous feast? And you're like, you know what? Put out symbols of gluttony in the stuff we're going to eat. Decorate it yeah. with yams and potatoes and effigies of the turkey. Decorate the like, food with more food. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, uh, when you think about it that way. But but in reality, like the stuff that we primarily decorate around is like Fourth of July, right? Um, for again for Americans, right? Our Independence Day because everything's got to be red, white, blue. It's flags galore. Yeah. Um, and like Christmas and Halloween. Yeah. Right. Because those are like the big get-togethers. Maybe New Maybe Year's. That's mostly just like golden, explodey things. It sort of depends on, on the family. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you're doing like... Well, I guess it depends. Like, if you're doing like kids' bunny Easter, yeah. then obviously you're decorating with Easter stuff. Um, but like, I don't think that if you're having like a sit-down dinner at Easter with your friends... You're putting up hiding eggs around the table. I mean, maybe. Although that sounds kind of fire. I feel like you just gave me, look at this monster you've created. So, but yeah, just, you know, like you want to, you want to elevate the decoration, right? And, and, and by decoration, I mean like both practical decoration, but also that sort of like magical zhuzh. Yeah. Right. It, it, it. It kicks it up a notch. It gives you something to talk about, right? If you uh, attach your craft, your, like, assigned craft for the party to that magical zhuzh, right, then everybody's involved. It's like, you know what makes a Halloween party even better is 100% carving pumpkins. Yeah. Like, no, no Or lies. painting them. Or painting pumpkins, right? It depends Whatever. on the level of Whatever, mess. right? What makes a Christmas party better? Decorating cookies, right? It's just like what makes a, a, a 4th of July party better? Sparklers and shit. <laughs> yeah fireworks right? fireworks or whatever i know like a lot of places you can't do fireworks no more uh but like you can only do like sparklers or like poppers or whatever in that, that is. case the movie independence the day. movie independence day yeah yeah well and that's a that's another great example like you can set tone just with like the movies you're watching yeah right because we've definitely had halloween parties where it's like a big party and we're carving pumpkins and stuff and we've had Halloween parties, you know, or whatever, where it's just horror movies and we've had Halloween parties that were just saw and Sabbath, like, no, yeah. like basically no regular Halloween, right? Like what have you. Yeah. And we've also had like big costume energy. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's just kind of like, you know, set whatever tone you want and then the party's going to kind of fit into a nice space there. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Uh, So we talked about enchanting your serving tools before. You can also enchant your serving plates or just in general, any of the plates, any of the stuff that people interact with, you can enchant. Um, You know, enchant it so that it doesn't spill. Enchant it so that they will have a good time. Enchant it so it's easy to clean up. You know, use your your imagination here. 
Um, for garnishes, you can also choose garnishes that boost your intentions, kind of like the colored icing or sprinkles on cookies. Yep. Um, you know, you can choose other types of garnishes, whether they're herbs or spices or whatever the situation is. Um, as far as plates go, um, get some, if you get disposables, get some that correspond with the theme of your meal or your magical intention. Yeah. Like if you're doing Halloween plates for Samhain, um, get the Halloween plates of your dreams. You're yeah. going to be more excited about it and people are going to be excited about it too because what's a party that you've been to recently as a grown adult that has had themed plates like a child's party? It's the best, dude. It's, it's the super, best. It's super the best. Well, and it's like, all right, if you're doing if you're doing a Yule party, Right. You could easily get paper plates from the Walmart or whatever that got like trees and shit on it. Or right? even just like a solid color. Or, you know, like, yeah, you can just get the green ones. Uh, if you're doing if you're doing a <coughs> solid party, get those paper plates that got the a pentagram on it or, you know, like a crescent moons or whatever, yeah. you know, like it like generally again because of the necessary seasonality of the sabbaths you can generally find like sabbath theme appropriate stuff yeah right uh kind of like in the like fancier decorative plate reach yeah you know as it were yeah exactly so and again it's kicking it up a notch right yep. You want to make it a little bit more magical, especially if you're doing like a Sabbath with, you know, with everybody. You kind of want to make this, you, you want to make it feel like a, like they're coming in for not just a cool hang, but like when it's go time, the reverence is like high up there for the Sabbath. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. So moving back to correspondences, uh, you can also find the correspondences for your ingredients and charge the food with that intention as you make it. I know I mentioned that before, but I'm mentioning it again because this is a really easy way to do it. And this is kind of like one of the foundations of kitchen witchery. So many ingredients have multiple correspondences. So you can kind of like do this in two ways. So you can choose the one correspondence of the item ingredient that balances out the dish. So for instance, in episode 29, in our Dagda deep dive, we had a kitchen witch spell for the Dagda's porridge abundance. Uh, and in that we had porridge of your choice and porridge in general is made from grains, which are usually all about abundance. And then we had honey or maple syrup generally for drawing salt is for cleansing. And then a fruit of your choice. Most fruit corresponds with abundant energy, particularly stuff that you would want to be putting into a, a hot porridge. So that's apples. That's literally any berry. That's all of your stone fruits. All of those things sort of align with that. So we're like aligning things to meet like this dish means abundance. So if you're doing a very like witchy kind of party, you can go like this is good luck bread and this is prosperity salad. So you can really lean into that if you want and have each dish sort of sort of represent a different thing yeah. um, by sort of honing in those correspondences. And on the flip side, you can also choose correspondences that reinforce themselves or make the dish um, like a little bit more rounded. Like in our uh, Mibon 101, uh, which is episode 21, we did a pumpkin spice success spell. 
that particular one was kind of done so it could be a potpourri or like an edible thing, but I'm specifically talking about this as far as like an edible thing, right? So in that one, we've got cinnamon for success. We've got uh, anise repels the evil eye. We've got ginger for confidence. We've got nutmeg for protection, orange peel for luck, allspice, which enhances the spell. Uh, and optionally, you can add in like a pepper to speed up results and you can add pumpkin for extra health. So all of these definitely have other correspondences that you could make it so that it's just the one thing. Um, but by balancing it out, now you don't necessarily have to choose a magical intention for each of your dishes. All of your dishes are enhancing evenly yeah. well i mean this is a pumpkin pie or this is uh like a warm cocktail right like a mulled pumpkin you know put all of that stuff including the pumpkin like roast the pumpkin and then put it in some hot apple cider and now you've got like a pumpkin spice apple cider this is uh you know put it all together and blend it up real nice with some vanilla ice cream and you got yourself pumpkin spice smoothie. Yeah. You know, milkshake or what have you. So there's like a bajillion ways that you can do this and still introduce this thing. And obviously like, like putting cards out so you don't have to remember all this stuff is going to make your life easier. <laughs> uh, but you know, this could also be, you know, part of, I mean, honestly, you want to have a fun party game, write all this stuff down, have all the correspondences lined up there. And then give everybody, you know, have cards and pencils out there and be like, eat food. Tell me what magical properties you think are in this food. There's a test. Did you know this party came with a test? Guess what it did. And that this test is how magical are like how many magical correspondences do you know about this food thing? Yeah. You know, or whatever. So you, it's it's a nice way to add bonus as well as it's going to, again, like we like we've talked about before, it's going to elevate the magic. Yeah. Right? You're going to kick it up a notch, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. So we know this is already kind of a supersized episode, but we're giving you some extra, extra value by uh, value. <laughs> if you buy now for um, 47 now. easy payments of, of. 29.36 <laughs> or whatever the heck. Well, what I'm saying is we don't really have a spell for this, but we're giving you a sample meal. So if you want to try your hand at making a magical meal, this is a a, a menu plan, so, so to speak, okay. that you so, can take so, right off. So this sample meal is an on-the-spot, we decided, like, like, this isn't something that we have done in the past or whatever. We tasked ourselves uh, the other day with, like, just, okay, let's talk through and let's, let's make, a, let's, like, curate a meal. Like, a servable meal at a party, like, you know, curate a party's food, as it yeah. were, all right, uh, and, like, attach magical properties And we to tried it. to make this not attached to a specific holiday or time this of was year. Just, this was just an off-the-cuff, like, okay, what do we want to do? Well, we want to do this, you know, we want to do this main course. Okay, so what's going to pair with it? What's going to go with it this way? What's yeah. going to go with it that way? What magical, like, what, you know, what's going to balance the meal out? flavor wise at like for everybody what's gonna um like elevate it magically and what's gonna go good together so we can like curate something to kind of give you an example of curating a meal that has ma a ton of magical properties associated with it but that can be both mundane in the way that it's being curated and served 
and also like an elevated magical thing. So that way, when the time comes, you're like, oh, man, look at this like fancy magical meal that we're having. And like everybody there for your Sabbath is like, this is so dope or whatever. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So this is a meal that is like fancy enough to be used for like an anniversary or a special occasion and uh, like can be dressed down enough to be not quite a weeknight dinner, really. But like you could make this on like a Friday night. Yeah, this could eat. This could easily be like a like expanded to a large party. Yeah. Right. Or like kept as just like a sample magical meal. For like you and a significant other, like for the Sabbath or yeah. for or for or for like a nice dinner. Oh, we want to do something nice or whatever. Yeah. You so know? let's get started. We got uh, hors d'oeuvres first. So remember we were talking about all deviled eggs all day. So that's it. Curry deviled eggs. <laughs> so so uh, you're going to go over the magical properties yeah. and then I'll go over any sort of preparation with regard to the actual processing of the food yeah on these so we can kind of move along so eggs are signify new beginnings and fertility abundance uh curry powder is for protection and cleansing yeah and so curry deviled egg very simple it's a deviled egg with curry powder in the yolk mix you want if you want to make it fancy you could very easily like um after the egg is hard boiled uh, crack it with a spoon in a couple of places and then put it in your ice water with some food coloring. So that way it's got like a, it's got like a, uh, like food colored pattern on it yeah, before like making it effect. for like a marbled effect. Or you can just like dye the eggs themselves. You could, if you wanted to even go with like a pickled egg or something like that, but this is essentially make a deviled egg. Everybody knows how to make them use whatever recipe you prefer for that. Put a little curry powder in it, t- kicks it up a notch, right? Yeah. Makes it a little fancier. Yeah, you can garnish that with like cilantro or like a little bit of paprika or like colored salt. A single pickled jalapeno is fantastic on that, right? Um, Or like a small pimento olive. Yeah, yeah. You want to kick it up a notch. Yeah, so hors d'oeuvre time is also kind of like cocktail time. So the pairing for drinks with this particular course is uh, a mojito. So in a mojito, you've got mint. Mint is for healing, love, protection, strength, vitality, prosperity, and protection. In a mojito, you've also got sugar, which draws things to you. Rum is for prosperity or luck. Uh, also, like you could sub out rum for another type of uh, liquor if you prefer. It's not quite a traditional mojito, but it's close enough. And honestly, all the alcohol kind of has the same correspondences there uh you also have lime for purification protection uh love and calm and then a soda water soda water is beloved by the fae uh uh, and is a really fun kind of offering so that's uh not quite a correspondence but like you got a connection there yeah and uh mojito okay you can do like pre-mix or whatever where it's just like a mix and some rum or whatever but doing a mojito especially if you're like hosting like a smaller get together doing a mojito in a cup is a fantastic cocktail it's real easy to do right i mean it's basically just like tear your mint leaves toss them in the bottom of the cup with your sugar to muddle it up that's just like mush it around with like the back of a wooden spoon if you don't have like a muddler or something like that right so muddle that around uh put your rum in put your lime uh put your lime juice in there put your soda water in there right just float it over the top of it put a little bit of ice in there stir it around 
right? With like a cocktail spoon or what have you, you've got yourself a nice mojito there. You can obviously do the same thing and do like less alcohol or more alcohol. You can kind of make them to people's preference with regard to the mix, but it's a very quick and simple, but like fancy cocktail that you can quickly mix up and serve people. Yeah. Yeah. So next up, we've got our salad. Uh, For a salad, people would either be drinking more of this mojito, switching over to maybe a bit of wine or maybe drinking water. There's kind of not really a preference here because we're kind of moving quickly from salad into main course. So a a salad is part of a main course serving. So a main course is generally served, right? Think about it in fancy plates, right? The salad's in the top smaller plate and then that plate goes away. Well, you don't throw it away. But that plate goes away. <laughs> and then just toss that plate shoot over it with here, the, over Shoot it in the backyard. Yeah, just throw it over. Uh, and then your main course comes down. Yeah. Right? Uh, so generally, your salad is served along with your dinner paired beverage. Yeah. But it's also that transition period where people are still like sitting down at the table. Right? So you may still be finishing your mojito while you're eating your salad and your you know glass of red wine is being filled or, or whatever your whatever your dinner beverage is is being filled while dinner is being served exactly or what have you yeah right yeah so for a salad we've got a strawberry and walnut mixed green salad both balsamic vinaigrette so strawberry is for success for luck and for love walnuts which you could sub out for any nut or you could remove entirely if you've got peanut problems or nut problems uh, but walnuts are for wishes spiritual wisdom divine blessings if you're subbing out for a different nut check the correspondences there a lot yeah. of them do change um Salad greens are for solar energy, divination, for love. Vinegar is an amplifier, and it's also for protection. Olive oil is for partnership, peace, and prosperity. Check, again, correspondences if you change the type of oil. Yeah. So uh, this is a really easy, very approachable, and very fancy sort of a salad, right? And uh, this is also not a pre-mixed salad. This is sort of a served-in-layers salad, Right. So you're going to get mixed greens. Don't just use bloody romaine or some sort of butter lettuce or anything terribly ideal like that. Right. Get whatever you're like, like, like the one that we get at the store out here is called spring mix in quotes. Um, But it's just like your mixed greens with like, you know, wrinkly leaves of various colors. (laughs) Right. Uh, So get your mixed greens. You're going to want to chop those up like um, like. Best way to do that is to roll up your lettuce and then cut it, uh-huh. right? Uh, so that's the fastest way to do that. So you're going to put that down, take your strawberries, cut the heads off your strawberries, and just like cut your strawberries into the sort of like lay down flat slices. You can generally get four pieces out of every strawberry, mm-hmm. right? Unless it's a specially small strawberry where you can only cut it in half and get two. Uh, so it lays down flat. So you just lay those down over the top of the lettuce. Walnuts, uh, I guess you can crush walnuts in... What, however, a normal person does that. If you get walnuts in your hand, like just crush them. That's my favorite way. That's just, yeah, I don't know, like a bag and a hammer, something. I don't know. I have no clue how a normal person does that. I like that. to crush them. Is there in like my a hand. tool maybe for that? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, you just go like, bah, and then you just sprinkle use that shit down. Use the muddler that you use. To yeah, muddler. Um, so just sprinkle that on top, and then your, ol- your olive oil and balsamic vinaigrette mixed. With like whatever sort of herbs you want to put in that, or you can literally or just store bought is fine. Yeah, or store bought, or you can just do like a nice olive oil and a nice balsamic vinegar, like straight, right? No, nothing extra added to it. Sprinkled over the top of that, served. It's like it's light, it's 
cool, it's crisp, it's refreshing, it's got a little bit of sweet, it's got a little bit of tart, it's got a little bit of umami from the nuts. Uh, you could add a cheese if you wanted, and if you wanted to get rid of nuts entirely, it's still a fantastic salad. Like, whether it has no nuts on it or some nuts, but I think that the, I think walnuts kind of balance the sweet tart by kind of grounding a little bit of umami into it. Yeah, that nutty yeah, umami. yeah. If you skip the walnuts, try and maybe add cheese. Cheese is generally for success. And if you can't do either of those, try and get like a crouton, maybe. You want something that's a bit more savory, a bit and more crunchy. like crunchy and also like a bit a bit of a umami type of a flavor if you can so moving into the main course our pairing for that is red wine pick your favorite have somebody pick one for you most places have a person that will tell you this is what you're making this is what wine you should have uh, red wine is particularly beloved by dionysus uh and is also typically used for blood and is great for offerings like in place of blood that is uh and for offerings so that's your pairing for your main course and for the main course we're going to be having rosemary and butter pan seared steak uh rosemary is for health love remembrance cleansing and is also associated with the fae Beef is associated with Isis, so that's kind of like underworld vibes. Hathor, which is love. Brigid, which is uh, like craftsmanship and wisdom. And the Dagda for protection. Uh, yeah, okay. So this is this is actually really simple and again, very easy to make fancy, right? Uh, so pan sear steak in a skillet. So get like a skillet ripping hot, put a little bit of butter down in there. Uh, get your rosemary, tie it up in a bundle and throw it in your butter, sear the steak on all the sides. And then you basically just tip the pan up and just baste the steak in this new rosemary butter. So it's going to be like steak mess and like rosemary and butter. Mm -hmm. Just sort of like baste the steak, get it to like, obviously cook meat to however you feel comfortable and appropriate cooking meat. Um, I would recommend looking up or using a meat thermometer if you are unsure with regard to cooking meat. Um, if you're cooking chicken, an internal temperature of at least 165 to 170 degrees needs to be reached. So if you're doing this with chicken... And you could sub chicken for this. Yeah. Different it, correspondences, same yeah, delicious. Exactly. So if you're doing chicken, make sure it's cooked all the way through. If you're doing beef, I will normally cook it to like medium rare and then pull it off onto a cutting board and leave it there and it will finish cooking in its own heat to about a medium, right? So you always, if you're cooking beef uh, and you're not cooking it well done, uh, you wanna pull it off early if you're not going to immediately cut it up and serve it. If it's being immediately cut and served, you, you're essentially like stopping the cooking process. But if you take even a roast, if you take a piece of beef away from the heat, it's going to do what's called carryover cooking and it's going to keep cooking. This is like a problem with people who are going for like a medium well often miss the mark and hit a well because you're pulling it off when it's perfect and then it's sitting there for the 10 minutes for you to figure everything else out and get everything else prepared. And then all of a sudden you've got a well done uh, like roast or piece of steak or whatever. Whereas if you pulled it off when it was a medium, it'll finish to medium well. So you yeah. got to think about whether or not you're like, put like if you're doing it on a grill, 
right? You pull it off the grill and you're immediate, immediately like slicing it up and putting it in, you know, on the plate for people to, you know, pick off of and put on top of their whatever, then pull it off as soon as it's where it's supposed to be because you're cutting it up immediately. But if you're going to have that rest of the plating time, then you want to stop it a little early. Again, this is only for beef. Chicken cook all the way through. Fish cook, cook all the way. Yeah. Like... This is just beef if you are comfortable with eating beef that way. Um, I know a lot of places are moving to a like beef can only be served well done because whatever. So take that into consideration. Potatoes. This is one of these ones where we want to make it simple because this, the beef, you know, the meat course is taking up more time. Yeah. So we're doing garlic roasted potatoes there as our side. And uh, so for garlic, we've got healing, protection and purification and potatoes are grounding and protection. Um, you'll probably still be using olive oil, which is partnership, peace and prosperity. Yeah. So this is, I like to get like them little, that little bag of multicolored potatoes, like the little one inch potatoes, um, small red potatoes, small white potatoes, whatever. I prefer to get like multiples of it. So like if you don't have the mixed bag of it, get a little thing of red potatoes, get a little thing of like a white yellow potato, like those like butter potatoes. Waxy uh, potatoes. Waxy, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, a red potato is also a waxy potato. Yeah. But like get like like a couple of different colors of small wax potatoes, cut them into quarters or whatever results in about a one inch by one inch volume of occupation of the potato. And again, this does not need to be perfect. You do not need to do this. The more rustic, the better, in my opinion on this. Um, so just kind of bang those up into uniform size. The reason why you want them uniform in size is that means that they will cook uniformly. Yeah. Right. So you bang those up, put them in a bowl, drizzle some olive oil on it, Get your uh, get your garlic, put your garlic over it. I would literally use both minced garlic and garlic powder, but I want a lot of garlic. So you do you. A little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper. Toss that in the bowl to coat everything and then just put that on a parchment lined or silicone lined uh, cookie sheet and slide that into the oven. Like 350 degrees for like 20 minutes or something like that. It's going to be, it's going to come out perfect. Yeah. Right. You can move them around a little bit, like halfway through. If you're feeling particularly randy about that, or if your stove has like a absurd hot spot, like a lot of stoves have to like, oh, the back right corner is just like the third ring of hell. So who knows what that's about, <laughs> you know, or whatever yeah. fucking Mordor. I saw some, some little dudes come in here, throw a fucking ring into my stove earlier, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Uh, but, and again, you can do this exact same thing with the potatoes in an aluminum foil, uh, like, like an aluminum foil boat on your barbecue. Or if you're not cutting it into um, cubes and you're cutting it into coins, you can put them directly on the grill plate, just just off the heat side, so not over the coals, and you can cook them that way. It'll cook fast. It's very fancy, and it's kind of set it and forget it because yeah. you can you can mix them up in your garlic and olive oil mixture first thing in the morning. Cover that shit with plastic. Put it in the fridge. Deal with it when it's when you're yeah. 20 minutes out from the yeah. food being ready. You know yeah. what I mean? So like that can totally be done ahead of time and it makes your life way easier. Yeah. Our next side is fried Brussels sprouts with Parmesan. So Brussels sprouts are for abundance and prosperity and Parmesan it, or other cheeses are success and like your efforts coming to fruition. Again, probably you're using olive oil. Yeah. So um, fried Brussels sprouts... 
It's fancy. I love Brussels sprouts. If you don't like Brussels sprouts, I would recommend maybe giving this a try also. And you can always, if you're like especially anti-Brussels sprout, you can throw in a little bit of cooked bacon. Like throw in a little bit of bacon when you're doing yeah. this to like elevate the umami. It always makes it better. I like Brussels sprouts, however. So Brussels sprouts are super easy. Uh, just cut the like stalk side of it off. Like cut the butt, what I would think of as the butt. Yeah. Right. The bit where it comes off a stick. If you've never seen Brussels sprouts grown, I highly recommend you look up a picture. They grow <laughs> like a great many things in an insane way. Look yeah. up Brussels sprouts and asparagus. Both don't grow like they should be real life. Yeah. Um, but cut the butt off and then just like quarter it. Right. Um, so like uh, cut the butt off, quarter it. Some of the leaves will fall off. That's fine. Those leaves feed them to the chickens. Don't you don't need to preserve all the leaves or whatever. And then the rest of them, just uh, take them. You're gonna blanch the Brussels sprouts before you fry them. So that's just get some water boiling, toss them in the water. And then like, as soon as they become, cause Brussels sprouts, when they blanch, they turn like bright green, like neon bright green. Pull them out when they're bright green. You're mostly cooking them through to get them soft on the inside. Uh, so you're gonna pull them out, drain them. So you can just pour it into a strainer. Toss them in a little bit of rice flour to make them extra crispy. That's like a fun little secret. Toss them in a little bit of rice flour and then put them into some oil. Now you could deep fry them. I don't think that's necessary. If you just have a skillet that has some oil in it, like I would just use a skillet with like a little bit of olive oil coating yeah. the bottom, like enough to get like a, like not like a pool in the bottom, but like a depth in the bottom, yeah. you know? So it's like fully covered in the bottom. Just toss them in there, stir them around, you know, toss them around, keep them moving until they fry and get like golden brown. Once they get golden brown, again, just like pull them immediately off. Tongs are a uh, godsend in this situation. Your pan doing it, use tongs, pull them out, Put them on, uh, like, in a dish with paper towels, lined with paper towels. Which, again, prep the paper towel dish ahead of time. But put them in a dish lined with paper towels so that way you can catch any grease because you're not trying to make it greasy. Immediately sprinkle salt and pepper and Parmesan cheese, right? Um, and then you could just, again, use the same tongs you pulled them out of the oil with. Put them on the plate with your steak. Very tasty, crispy on the outside, soft on the inside. Yeah. They have a bold flavor so they can stand up with like red wine and garlic roasted potatoes and rosemary butter steak, uh, pan seared steak. Um, and like they can stand up to the Parmesan that's on them. A lot of vegetables will get lost in their dressing, get yeah. lost in their in their uh, accoutrement and Brussels sprouts won't, which keeps them like nice and fresh. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's our main course and this, and, uh, so we're almost through with this meal. So next up we got desserts. So for dessert, we have a lemon sorbet with fresh mint. So lemon is for cleansing, for spiritual opening, purification, love, and cleansing. And mint again is for healing, love, protection, strength, vitality, prosperity, and protection. Uh, you said protection twice and cleansing twice. Is this like a dip, Whoop. dive, dodge, dip, and dive yeah. or whatever? Yeah, extra cleansing. Extra cleansing and extra, extra protection. Extra protection. Yeah. Uh, and this is, this is honestly like store-bought lemon sorbet. You don't need to make it. You don't need to make sorbet. Store-bought lemon sorbet, right? Scoop it into a dish. Get some fresh mint leaves and just like nicely place them on top, right? Yeah. You Especially, you already have mint from the mojito. So preserve the nicest leaves to add as garnish on that. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Yeah. 
Right. Uh, another real pro tip with the mint is if you uh, just like dip it in water or if you happen to have simple syrup or grenadine, dip the mint leaves in the syrup or the water or the grenadine real fast and then put them uh, like sprinkle some granulated sugar on them, just like regular white sugar. Pop those also in the freezer. And now you've got like candied mint leaves. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. 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 Uh, and so that's, you know, just serve it in a small dish. Uh teacup great place to serve small desserts right is like a teacup if you don't yeah. have like a bunch of small dessert bowls yeah. or anything it's fancy extra like fancy that. Too. teacup everything's yeah. fancier in a teacup yeah and then this dessert <laughs> Ask me about my bonsai <laughs> yeah right and then this dessert is paired with a caffeinated beverage because remember we want people to leave after yeah. dessert not to nap so this is paired with a psalm black tea which is for strength happiness and warding yeah which is a song black tea. So first of all, coffee, tea, both good servings, like a nice black tea served after such a hearty, such a heavy meal um, with like a very refreshing and light like lemon sorbet and fresh mint. It's very nice, super approachable. And the Assam black tea can be, I mean, serve it black and then have sugar and cream available for the people who decide to put sugar and milk in their leaf and bean water. Those people. <laughs> uh, I, I think black tea is perfectly fine. Black. Yeah. And of course, if you do not like black tea or you don't want that, you can change that out for something else. Yeah. Look, you again, can have look up coffee. The you can do green tea. This would be great with coffee. Um, yeah, you could easily do a green tea. If you're uh, looking for no caffeine, this would be great with a rooibos tea. Yeah. Um, or even just like a standard decaf. Like there's a lot of different options here, but generally you go with a caffeinated beverage. Yeah. Yeah. Something warm, something caffeinated. It makes it nice. Yeah. And that is the curated meal that yeah. we made for you. We hope that you enjoyed that. I know that that's a bit different from the things that we normally do, but, um, we really enjoyed making it. So we hope that you enjoyed hearing about it yeah and uh if let us you're... know if you cooked it let us know uh what you thought of it if you would change something i want to know, know what if you want you us change. to curate meals for yeah. other yeah. uh sabbats do you want like us that? to cook do you want us to do a video cooking the meal to show you how to do all of the steps because that would be very easy to do and a great excuse for me to have a delicious steak so i um, think that answer is yes it's just because you want that steak don't you sure do damn okay. let's go walk right into we... that guys i walk right into yes that. Uh, yeah, so maybe, maybe, maybe we'll do a video of me cooking that. It's, it's honestly, it's not that much work. I'm just being lazy. I'm just being lazy. Uh, yeah. but, but anyway, we hope that you enjoyed that. Let us know if you're yeah. interested in hearing more of that kind of kitchen witchery stuff. We really enjoy, uh, sort of fan casting meals. Yeah, that's probably the right way to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, pretty much the whole thing we did, uh, the entire time we were at, we went out, uh, wine tasting. Was like, ah, this wine would go good with this kind of a meal. Yeah, yeah. Everybody else is like, it tastes so much like this. And we're like, I don't care about that. You know what this would pair really good with? Uh, is like a nice lemon chicken. Let's describe precisely all of the steps. And then I'm like, ah, this is the ice cream that I want to have a scoop of in this champagne. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so we, we love that. We love that stuff. We hope you do too. Um. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, so... Uh, that is Kitchen Witchery 103, whatever the subtitle is. Planning a Magical Meal. Planning a Magical She scrolled past it on the notes and I have the memory of like <laughs> a bird with head trauma. So, 
Um, whatever, man. I was here for the whole time. But uh, so, yeah, if you want, uh, obviously, like what this meal was and uh, all of the other notes in our book of shadow pages um, on this, those will be available on our patron Patreon. Yes. When when I make that. So <laughs> soon, hopefully. And uh, speaking of Patreon, we would like to thank our patrons, Alan, Miranda, Somewhere, Helena, Alexa, Panda, and Brianna. You guys are awesome. Yep. And uh, you keep us doing a little better each time. So thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, and you can always go over to Patreon and look us up. Uh, we're Nerd Jive on Patreon. And there's links in everywhere that links are traditionally where yeah. and uh to and join them and get these book of shadows pages and chit chat with us and you know talk about all of this magical meal stuff we're more than willing to uh talk about food. to talk about food with yeah. you so uh and if you want to support us but can't really afford the patreon that's fine too we're happy that you're here regardless uh but to support us in non-monetary ways you can share us with your friends you can like this video if you're on youtube if you're on one of the podcast networks leave us a review those go a huge long ways and yep. subscribe um wherever it is that you are listening and or watching us and yep. you can also check out our own individual socials which you can find at the link in the description yeah below or to the side or above or to the other or side wherever or that description or lives. forwards or however those work in whatever player you're using because i feel like they're different everywhere they are. It's, just it's to atrocious. make my life confusing yeah like for me specifically they're just being mean to me um <laughs> so uh yeah this was a super fun one yeah we had a Great time preparing this or uh, talking about preparing this meal. And I will probably have a great time preparing this meal. And, and I uh, will have a great time eating and also preparing this true, meal. That's true. That's true. I'm not doing that all alone. Uh, so, yeah. Either way, I have been John Norgrove. This has been Julie Norgrove. This has been The Horn. And Cauldron Podcast. Podcast. And we will catch you guys next time for more witchy endeavors. Uh, stay magical, folks. Yeah. And don't forget... Breathe in self-confidence and breathe out self-doubt.